welcome to Downtown Herbert Church. My name's Adam. I'm the volunteer coordinator here at DHC. We're thankful that you joined us today in this room and online for our new series that we're going to launch. I just want to say thanks to John for doing those announcements. Those were wonderful. Um, and so uh, we just like to thank him for doing that also. I would just like to say uh, happy Valentine's Day to anybody celebrating in the room today with a loved one. We're thankful that you chose to spend it with us. You know, I don't know about you, but I've been scrolling through social media and one of the things that I've been seeing, especially on Valentine's Day, is this idea that people are telling their Valentine's story. So they'll put it up there and they'll say, hey, you know, this is how we met and this is when we met and this is kind of the details uh, that our love entails. And so I would just like to officially say on behalf of the Downtown Charter Church that if that is you, you just need to know that no one really cares and you should understand that. So before you post, I would just go think about that because I, I, we're here to preach truth. And so I just want to, you know, be just bring that forward today. But thanks for being here on Valentine's Day. We, I'm glad that people enjoyed that one. Both services, that went over very well. We are here launching Bite Size. This idea is we just kind of put series or catchy titles around what we're going to talk about for the next month. And this next talk, series, conversation, whatever you want to call it, is called Bite Size. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking a look at some very small bite-sized chunks of wisdom and some almost advice that is found smack dab directly in the Bible that many of us, frankly, ignore. And if we put it into practice in our lives, it would be much healthier in terms of the way that we would live and how God has called us to live and all those kinds of things. So we're going to be taking a look at this idea of bite size. Bite size means that we're going to be taking a look at the book of Proverbs for the next four weeks. Now, I don't know about you, Maybe you're new to the local church and you've never even heard of the book of Proverbs before, but I'm a big fan of the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs is in the Old Testament. It was actually uh, historically written between 900 and 1100 years before Jesus, which is who we've been talking about recently at DHC, the risen Messiah, the Son of God, and some of the ways that he instructed us how to live and was really cool. But the book of Proverbs is written before the time of Jesus, and it is this ancient book of wisdom. And it it was written by a guy named Solomon. Now, let me talk to you about Solomon, sometimes known as King Solomon, by the way. But Solomon was the son of King David of ancient Israel. And it's actually said that Solomon was known to be historically, biblically, culturally, all these ways. Solomon was said to be the wisest man to have ever lived. And so I started to think about this and I said, okay, if Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs and we're going to spend some time there kind of diving in and going, you know, what's this wisdom for our lives and how does this apply to our lives? Why is he the wisest man that ever lives? Well, it turns out, sure enough, in a dream, he and God were having a conversation one time, hundreds, thousands of years ago. And one of the things that Solomon actually interacted with God um, and, and said to him was, is that if basically, if I could have anything in my life, this is what I would want, God. And so uh, this is what I want to read to you out of the book of First Kings in the Old Testament, chapter 3, verse 9. This is the conversation between Solomon and God. So give your servant, this is Solomon asking for his own self. So give your servant servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish, distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? 
Now, God, when Solomon basically asked for wisdom and discernment, the Lord was pleased, it goes on. The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, right? That God was going to allow him to become this wisest person to ever live, right? In fact, it's kind of a funny thing. We were talking about this in the lobby earlier as our volunteers had loaded in for this morning and we were talking about the message. And then one of the things that our lead guy, John, who I, I like to have a little fun with up here because he has a little fun with me when I'm not up here. And so we're buddies and we do that. But he said, he goes, hey, Adam, if you could ask God for anything, what would it be right now in this moment? And I said, not talking to you for the next 20 minutes would rank right up there. Just kidding. However, Solomon did ask God for wisdom and he got it. And he is known to be the wisest man to have ever lived. In fact, his name, according to the original language in the ancient text, actually means peaceful. Additionally, it also means friend of God. It's important for us to know who wrote this book as he was writing to people to help instill wisdom and principles and discernment into their lives in the ancient times. The best thing I love about this is that this wisdom if we apply it in a bite-sized form, is actually still applicable, so applicable today. And that's why we're here having this discussion. In fact, the conversations that happened after the first service out in our foyer area were so cool in terms of the way people were just saying yes. In fact, one guy said to me, he goes, I love the message. There was one problem with it. He goes, it was just 30 or 40 years too late for me. I wish I would have heard it 30 or 40 years to go. This is why I tell you this, because this is so important. This content that you're about to hear today is something that drastically changed my life when I heard it. I always don't get it right. I don't always get it right. In fact, I may get it wrong more often than I get it right, but I'm consistently trying to get it right. But I will tell you this, is that the first time I heard this was probably 14, 15 years ago, and it affected the way that I made every single decision in my life. And that if you would listen and open your heart, uh, God will work through your heart and life and the way you make decisions uh, right here today. So we're going to open up to the book of Proverbs. If you have a scripture, a Bible, you can open that with us. If not, that's okay. If you want to follow along on your phone, that's okay as well. If not, you can, as always, look on our screens here at Downtown Harbor Church. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. These are the Proverbs of Solomon. Love them. Might be my favorite book in the Bible. David's son, king of Israel, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, help them understand the insights of the wise, right? It's so interesting because wisdom and discipline are not the funnest of words. You don't wake up in the morning and go, man, I can't wait to be filled with wisdom and discipline today. However, when we do actually understand what that means in our lives, that we can live differently and we can live in a different and a successful way way. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Simple and young were translated in the original language to almost mean the same thing, meaning that those who are youthful might gain wisdom and insight from this. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. That's how good they are. 
Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. I love this because these things that we're going to explore today and in coming weeks are actually these words of the wise, uh, and they can actually help each one of us as we go through life and navigate through its turns. And they're not just old wives' tales. It's not just good advice or a legend or a tale. These are practical pieces of advice that if you put into practice in your life, it can change your life from the inside out. And that's what's so important about these Proverbs. Because so often, we just write them off and we say, that's an old wives' tale, that's ancient wisdom. Almost as if we write it off as maybe an ancient Chinese proverb. As probably some of you have read those or you've heard those. You go, oh, those are great things for people of a different culture in a different time. No, these are real and practical and can help you change your life from the inside out. Proverbs, in fact, can act as a filter for your decisions. I don't know about you, but I know something. I know that life is filled with decisions, that life every single day from the moment your eyes open to the moment they close is filled with decisions. You wake up, you decide, am I going to get up and get a cup of coffee or not today? I don't know. I'm going to shower. Probably. Maybe I'll choose not to today. And then I'm going to go out to work or maybe stay in for work. And maybe I have a wife or a husband and a child and I'm going to have to tend to he or she or them today. And then maybe I decide to go to the office. If the office is open, I don't know. Maybe you're still in the middle of a pandemic at your work and you can't go. So you decide to work from home today and then you're going to have breakfast. Maybe or maybe you won't. Maybe you'll have lunch. Before you even do all of that, have you gotten dressed? What will you wear today? Will I meet with my boss? I'm not sure. Is he or she a jerk? Don't know. How will I go and interact with them today? I'm not sure. But maybe I'll actually do that. Maybe I'll go back to the office in the afternoon. Maybe I'll push off early. Maybe I'll go to happy hour. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll go get some dinner. Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't go home to my family. Oh, wait, I look at my desk. There's a picture of my wife and two kids. I got a family. I don't like every single day. We have a ton of decisions to make. And what are you going to do as you navigate through decisions every single day that you are alive? It's just a couple of them. And by the way, these are meant to just get your mind thinking and they're meant to be light and jovial. They're probably much more serious things that people deal with. But here's a couple of decisions that we just go through every single day. What kind of car are you going to drive? Right? Do you think about this? Maybe you do, and this is a big deal for you. You're a car guy or a car gal, and you're going, man, I really want a nice ride. This is what I want to have. Well, the decision is rooted in what? In money. Can you afford it? Do you have the money to pay for it? I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Maybe you have a history with money that's not good. Maybe you're in oodles and oodles of debt and you shouldn't buy that car or lease that car. I don't know. We can talk about decisions all day, but the decision is rooted in money, right? Here's another question, right? What do, what will you have for dinner? What will you have for dinner? Uh, you probably think about this every day, and this is a lighthearted, jovial one, maybe, but maybe it's not. Maybe for you, obesity is something that you've struggled with. Maybe it's been hard for you. Maybe it's in your family history. Maybe it's one of those things that just weighs on you. And the decision that you make for dinner or what you have for dinner each day is rooted in fitness. These are practical, real-life examples, right? Here's another question. 
Who will you marry? Oh, right. It's a big one. So, because here's the truth is I've sat with you and talked with a lot of you and counseled some of you. And, uh, you know, we've had conversations about relationships. Some of you have been married. Some of you have been divorced. Some of you are on your second marriage or third marriage. And here's just the truth that I've realized. Some of you shouldn't be married and that's okay. And you know who you probably are. And you're like, man, I know better, but I'm doing this anyway. And so the decision is rooted in relationships, right? Which is really cool. In fact, a buddy of mine, he's been around downtown Harbor Church from almost day one. I think he was here day one. My main man, Terrence, came in this morning and he goes, Adam, guess what? I got engaged. He put a ring on it. And I, I gave him a high five and shook their hands and said, this is great. In my mind, I'm going, oh, Terrence, my man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Best wishes, my man. You guys are going to make a wonderful, happy couple. Um, but it's really interesting to think about, isn't it? As you think about relationships and you go, should I be with this person? Should I marry this person? That's a big deal. The rest of my life, I'm going to stand on a stage much like this and go, yes, I do forever until you're dead. Really? Okay. So like we have to think about that. But relationships are a big decision. What will you wear today, right? What kind of appearance do you want to put out there? Am I going to look good? Am I going to represent myself well? Am I not? Do I care about that? Do I not care about that? Even though some of these are lighthearted, they're real decisions that we work through every single day. And some of us have really, really serious decisions that we are that are not on the screen, that are not lighthearted and jovial, that we struggle with. Maybe some of us are struggling with some really interesting things, whether it's related to lust or substance abuse, or maybe you're in real financial peril, even though we did hit on money a little bit. Maybe your problems are really serious. And it's not something that's just kind of fun. Maybe that's hitting you smack between the eyes. And let's say you're struggling or you have struggled in the past and you know that decisions that you make day in and day out could actually lead you down the road back into struggling and back into regret. What does that look like for you? Because here's what I know. I know that those struggles are unique to you. And we're going to talk about what this means in just a second. But if, you, if you've struggled and you've wrestled through that and you take a look at your issues in your life. And what I love about you and your issues is that your issues are not the same as the issues of the person sitting next to you. If you're in a place where you're struggling and it's led to regret, here's what I want you to know. There's only one person who can get you out of your circumstances or make better decisions in the future. Only one person who can do it. You want to know who it is? You. But to do this and to get out of the struggle and to get out of regret and to take the book of Proverbs, this ancient book of wisdom, this bite-sized book of wisdom written by Solomon, to get out of that kind of vortex of downward spiraling, we have to ask ourselves a couple of questions. So what I'm going to present to you next is something that I heard for the first time, as I said, about 14, 15 years ago, and filtering decisions through these particular thoughts and or question actually changed my life. It actually changed the way that I made every single decision, or even if I didn't make the right one in that moment, I thought about it when I made a poor one, and it changed my thought process for the rest of my life. 
So if you're taking notes, or you're taking pictures, or you're looking at the screen, and you just jot stuff down, this is the time in the message to do this because these things that I'm gonna put up on the screen were so transformative and so revolutionary for me that I think it could be the same for you. So as we look at decisions, everyday decisions in our life, we filter them through this thought process and this question. In light of my past experiences, you have a past. Your past is unique to you and only you. The way you were raised is unique to you. The things you experienced as a child are only unique to you. Maybe you had a great childhood with a phenomenal family and you learned a lot from them about how to live life. Maybe you lived a childhood filled with trauma and you're kind of still wondering how to live through that and you're trying to figure out what does this look like for me as I move forward? Maybe you had a rough college experience. Your educational experience was rough growing up. Maybe you watched parents make unwise financial decisions, or obesity ran rampant in your household or sexual immorality was extremely prevalent in what you saw. So you have a past. You've dealt with something and only you have dealt with it. In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, where am I at now? What are my surroundings like now? What am I doing now? What does my job look like now? What does my spouse look like now? What do my kids look like now? In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, where do I want to go in the future? Do I want to be successful? Do I want to be out of debt? Do I want to have more kids? Do I want to be a part of a local church? Do I want to volunteer more and engage with my community? Do I want to be there and present for my family? What are, what are the dreams for your future? The truth is you're the only one who knows. All of this is very unique to you. In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, there is a question that if we filtered every single decision that we made through, we would change our lives for the better and we would change our surroundings for the better. In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams. What is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? Proverbs, the book of wisdom, what we are going to talk about for the next number of weeks, leads us in the direction of putting wisdom at the front and center of our life. What does that look like for us as we make every single decision that we make. Because I'm going to put something on the screen that I find to be very interesting. This is a line, okay? Everybody see the line? I know this is revolutionary, but I just want you to, like, here's the line, okay? And here's what I want to do. I want to take this line, and I want to call this line sin, okay? Um, now, because we believe that sin is sin, and then there are, we just believe that there are some things that you shouldn't do, and you cross the line, and you shouldn't do it based on whoever's doing it. Like, this is unique to your life. Past experiences, current circumstances, future hopes and dreams, right? Okay? So, we have this line. What human beings tend to do, don't we, is we tend to get as close as we can to the line without going over the line. 
okay? We almost, don't forget that word, right? Almost cross the line without going over the line. When actually what we should do, what wisdom calls us to do, is we should stay as far away from this line as humanly possible, okay? Because here's what I mean. So if you have a finance, let me just give you a couple of small examples. If you have a financial problem in your household or in your history or in your life, let me tell you where you should not be. And that is the Hard Rock Hollywood Casino, okay? <laughs> that is not where you should, that is a bad place for you, okay? Why? Because it's addicting, it's easy, those lights are like, then they ding, 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 ding. Like it's just a bit, okay? It's not the place for you, okay? Because you've made bad decisions and you're in financial peril, and that is only going to plunge you further into the financial peril, okay? Like, but what we tend to do is we go, mm, I'll just take a few bucks, okay? We go, let me just take a few bucks and I'll go, and the next thing you know, your ATM card's maxed out and you've hit your daily limit, okay? Um, you need to be careful about that. So let's just, let's just say, you don't want to get near substance in any way. And you say to yourself, well, you know, I should stay over here, even though my buddies are doing it, my family's doing it. Let me just stay over here. But every once in a while, you go, let me have one or two. And you creep close to the line. Next thing you know, you're under a park bench on Broward Boulevard, okay? We got to be careful about this. And we got to make sure that we understand that our goal should be whatever our issues are, past experiences, current circumstances, future hopes and dreams, to stay as far away from this line as possible. We don't want to get so close to it that we almost cross it, right? Maybe there's that coworker that you probably are teetering on the line of having maybe an inappropriate relationship with. That should you almost cross over that line, your life would be ruined. And you deal with regret for years to come. You stay away from that social media site. You stay away from texting. You stay away from an email. You don't go close to the line because if you cross the line, sometimes you might be able to get back you might not be able to get back on the other side of the line related to regret. Your greatest regret could have been avoided in your life had you asked this question. Had you asked yourself before you made that decision, based on my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Had we asked that question and acted on its conclusion, we probably could have had a better and less regretful future than the one that we're living in. So let me just start, stop here for a second and just ask you a question. Let's stop. So I want to kind of get personal in the room for a minute. I want you to stop and just in your mind, think about your biggest regret or a regret. Maybe it'll take you a long, long journey to get back to the biggest one, but just think about a regret. Maybe it's a recent one. Maybe it's one that you've been dealing with for years. You got it? Think about what your life would be like or the time that you would have not spent thinking about it. And before that regret happened or before that decision was made, you just asked yourself the question, what is the wise thing to do? And acted on its conclusion. But see, we don't ask the question, what is the wise thing to do very often? In fact, we ask some different questions. We tend to justify things in our own life, don't we? We tend to go, hmm, I'm not going to ask what is the wise choice because that would cause me to put down my pride and move on. I'm going to ask some different questions. So let me give you a couple of questions not to ask 
Questions to not ask. And I think these are really important for us to understand, right? So one of the questions that people ask about certain activities and then they act on those conclusions is this question. And I think it's very relevant, okay? Is this legal? There are, a, there are a lot of things that are legal that you should not be doing, okay? Based on your past and your current circumstances and your future hopes and dreams. Uh, is this legal? That is the last question you should be asking. There are a lot of things that are legal that you should not touch with a 10-foot pole, okay? You should stay away from those things like you can get, get as far away from them as you can. But we tend to go, is this legal? Well, it's legal, so I should do it, right? Yeah, well, let me tell you something. I've met a lot of people in prison who've done things that they thought were legal and then it turns out, so don't, right? Don't do this. That's bad. Stay away from it, okay? Question number two, is this permissible? Does, let me, let me go further with that. Does society say this is okay? Therefore, I can do it. Jesus Christ walked this earth as the risen Messiah to a broken world to stand against everything that society and culture stood for and said, live a different way. Just because society says that this is okay doesn't mean that you should get close to it in any way, shape, or form. Can my friends do this? Maybe. Maybe they're very good at it. Maybe they can do it. They don't have your past, your circumstances, and have your future hopes and dreams. They don't. That's why this is unique to you. Sure, it might be legal. Sure, it might be permissible. Sure, your friends might do it. It doesn't matter. It still might not be okay for you. And if you do it, if you act on something that you shouldn't, it can lead you to regret and unsuccessful lives. That's why Solomon wrote Proverbs. It's that we didn't have to suffer that way. But the truth is this. We all have past experiences. We all have current circumstances and future hopes and dreams. But the truth is, we often lie to ourselves. We often lie to ourselves about it. Where we go, nah. You ever say that? Nah, right? We've done that before. And I love how we do it in that deep voice with, with like no echo. Nah, okay? And so it's just one of those things that, you, you know, you got to look at this and you go, I have a past, a present, and a future when I make decisions. I don't want to lie to myself in that way. Some questions for you to think about, just practical, really simple stuff. And I love, because, you know, guys, we can get deep at Downtown Harbor Church around here. You've seen us deep dive into scripture. And then there are times we just ask really simple, practical questions based on the Bible. Should I take this job? I don't know, right? Should you take this job? Is it time? You have your past, your current circumstances, and what you want to do in the future. The question is, what is the wise thing to do? But the truth is, many of us never ask. We just go, I don't know. Seems good. Seems like it's more money, right? I don't. Well, maybe it's less money, but it's better management. I don't. Well, what is the wise thing to do? Is he, she, the one for me? The answer is no. I'm just kidding. Okay, I don't know. Is he or she the one for you? I, I mean, it, it, are you in this relationship uh, because of a certain reason? Did you go too far over the line physically so you feel a sense of obligation? Did I, I don't know. Is he or she the one for you? What is the wise thing to do? 
You have a past, you have a current, and you have a future. What's your decision based on what God's word says in terms of wisdom? Is he or she the one for me? Does God want me to move? A lot of you move here from South Florida. Or I'm sorry, to South Florida from other places. I meet people almost all the because nobody's from South Florida. Do you ever do you ever understand that? There's like a couple of people from South Florida. That, like if you look at the percentage in Broward County of people who moved here from other states versus like actual residents, it's like you know two to six percent. It's very small. Okay. Um, so, but the question is, like, does God want you to move? A lot of times we just pick up, you know, at the drop of a hat. Is it right? I don't know. Is it wise? I don't know. But you have a past, your current circumstances, and your future hopes and dreams. What is the wise thing to do for you? Should I lease or buy? Okay. I don't know. How's your financial situation? You made poor decisions in the past? You in debt? Do you have enough monthly budget to do it? I don't know. What's a budget? Well, that's a bad, that's a bad answer. Should I lease or buy? I don't know. What is the wise thing to do? Should I stay or leave? This is a really, really important question. A lot of you are talking uh, about this and having conversations related to relationships about this, to spouses, divorces running rampant, especially with COVID because people spend too much time together. So it's the idea of, should I stay or leave? What about my family? I, I, should I stay or should I leave? I don't know. What is the wise thing to do? You got to figure that out. Should I post that comment? Man, it's bad. It's ugly out there, isn't it? Like if you're on social media in any way, shape, or form, you know that most of the times the answer to that question should be no. I don't know what you think you're doing, and I don't know what the people who do it think they're doing, and I don't know. First of all, I would like to also say, who made them an expert? Do you ever think this? Do you ever sit back and go, man, I don't know what formal education they had in this whole process, but this was really interesting. Should I post that comment? You really think you're changing anybody's mind? What is the wise thing to do? To most of these questions, you know the answer. You already know the answer. You know what the wise thing to do is, don't you? Absolutely, you probably do. But we lie to ourselves and we convince ourselves that there's a different way. And I get it. I've done it to myself before. You've done it to yourself. It is real. It is practical. It, it, it is out there. We do it because we're human beings. I get it. But the truth is, if we begin to filter our decisions through that question, what is the wise thing to do, then we would have much less regret and more successful lives. And I don't know about you, but that's how I want to live. That's how I want to live because Jesus walked this earth and saved our lives and died on the cross so that we could live. Therefore, I want to honor him in every decision that I make. I don't always get it right. In fact, I may have gotten it wrong more than I got it right. I don't know where your average is, but I want to get it right more and more and more every single day. The Apostle Paul, who wrote over half the New Testament, addressed this. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, some of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. I remember back to the early days of downtown Harbor Church and having this conversation with our team talking about this particular verse. And it says this, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. So, be careful how you live. Don't live like what? 
fools, people who push post on the comment, okay? But like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Guys, uh, I was leaving stage for service and I said to myself, I said, I could spend six weeks talking about this because there's so much in here and I just burned through a lot of content in a very short period of time. This was the most important message that I'd ever heard in my life outside of salvation and understanding who Jesus Christ was. This was massively important for the way that I made decisions and the way that I executed life every single day. So as we understand that as we kick off this series and John's going to take it a step further next week, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what do we do now? What's the practical? So I've heard this. I understand about making wise decisions. I understand about it. What do I need to do as I move forward from here? How do I do this? Well, number one, I just believe that most of us who struggle with decisions and do things that we know that we shouldn't, man, sometimes we got a lot of pride. You better put down your own pride. This is never going to work for you. And you're going to keep dealing with regret and regret and regret and regret until you understand that you have to put down your own pride and humble yourself to actually begin making these kind of wise decisions. You got to put down your own pride. I don't know about you, but I believe this. I believe that you get one life. You have one life to live. And I see people struggle and deal with regret over and over and over again throughout that entire one life. I don't want to live that way. I want to live better. Not because it's just some practical life tip, because it's rooted in smack dab in the Bible. That's what God allowed Solomon to write down and teach us teach these ancient people, and it applies to us still today. So if you look at that one life, wouldn't you want to make better decisions and better choices? Because I would. The second practical is this. You need to put into practice in your life this idea, go back one, put into practice in your life this idea about just making wise choices day in and day out. Get in the habit of it. You're going to remember this the next time that temptation gets put in front of you and you start to eke your way toward that line of sin. You're going to remember that guy on stage in that stupid polo shirt that they made fun of before I came in this morning. (laughs) They did. They called me like, who'd they call me? Sinatra? I don't know. And they said you should go up on stage with a cigarette. And I was like, what are you talking? Anyway. That they said to me, they go, you're, it's going to be that one moment you're going to think back to. It's not me. It's God just working through the room, right? You're going to go, I remember something about making decisions and I'm not going to be able to think about decisions anymore the same way because I'm going to start filtering them through this one question. And once I start doing it, I'll never be able to go back to my old ways. So I asked the question, what is the wise thing to do? When you start asking that question, you start living a different way. And I guarantee you, you'll never be the same ever again. Just try it. Start. Start making wise decisions and everything will be different in your life and it will change. Regret is awful. Sin is awful. 
Bad decisions are awful. Don't eke up close to the line. Don't almost cross it. Don't almost go over it. Don't look back and say, man, I almost did that. And what would my life be like had I actually crossed it? Stay as far away from that thing as you can. Stay as far away from sin as you can. Don't lie to yourself. In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Make wise choices. Start doing it as soon as you leave this building today. And then lastly, here at Downtown Harbor Church, one of the things that we believe in is just this idea of community. Maybe you're new to, around here. Maybe you're trying to plug in. Maybe you're trying to figure out where your place is. First of all, thank you for coming. You're welcome here. Hang out with somebody after service out there having coffee. Maybe hang out a few minutes before service. Try to meet somebody. I know, guys, first of all, let me just acknowledge it's church and it's weird. It's hard to meet people. It's like showing up on the first day of school. You're going, what do I do? How do I interact? But we just want to let you know that we're here for you and want to interact with you. So try to meet somebody. If it doesn't happen this week, maybe it'll be next week. And just start to interact and engage because we're, commun we're in this community together. Because making wise choices is not easy heart. So you want to put people around you who encourage you to make wise decisions. You want to put people around you who help you fight for your family every single day that you committed to. You want to put people around you who say, maybe we shouldn't go to the casino tonight. Maybe we should go see a movie instead. Maybe we should hang out and do something else. Or if you do go to the casino, somebody who's going to stop you after a hundred bucks before you hit another zero and then put a comma on it and your wife or husband is ready to kill you. Maybe that person who you put surrounding you is somebody who at the bar says to you, I think we've had enough. It's time to go home versus give us another round. What does that person look like in your life? Who's that person going to be for you? If you make wise decisions, which is what we're trying to do, your life will be filled with joy and not regret. Man, I want joy and not regret. Man, I want to live a better life, not a worse one. That's why Solomon wrote Proverbs so that we could understand what it means to be wise and successful. That's what it says. Jesus came to this earth to die so that we could live. The least I can do is put into practice some of these ancient teachings so that I can help others be led toward him. I don't want to get close to that line. Stay far away from it. Don't almost cross it. Get away from it. Make wise decisions and your life will never be the same. Let me pray. Father, God, we thank you for just this message, this message that you through King Solomon and through ancient text and ancient wisdom just developed all those years ago, hundreds of years ago, thousands, God, and we're just so thankful for it. And would you allow the idea of making wise decisions to land in our hearts each day? Put it there, place it there, allow us to think about it. God, never let it leave us. Allow us to be haunted by it in a good way so that we would go, this decision, I, I can't even get close to that line. I don't want to almost cross it. God bless us as we go forward from here today, as we leave here, help us to engage about this conversation and topic, help us to make wise decisions, we pray. We pray it all in Christ's name, amen.